welcome back to another episode of the Artverse Commerce Podcast, proudly presented by Masters in Motion. This week is with Handmaid's Tale DP, Stuart Biddlecombe. Uh, it was a great conversation chatting with Stuart. His, um, his ability to talk about uh, this current season that he that he is a part of that is still airing the, um, I think maybe probably by the time uh, this episode goes live, the finale will have aired for uh, season three, which is an episode that Stuart shot. And um, his work this season has been great. I don't know if you've been following along with the show, but, um, you know, I think uh, this season there's finally been some small amounts of uh, vindication for the oppressed characters, and it's been nice to see them uh, slowly start to get back at um, some really awful, scary, terrible villains. Um, so uh, Stuart has done a beautiful job on the show and his ability to to chat about it. Um, it reminds me a lot of the, the chat we had with Adrian, I think primarily because that was another, Adrian Correa, who shoot, shot, uh, shot uh, season two of Glow. And I think that that's, you know, just naturally speaking with DPs who are doing um, uh, essentially network television um, series, there is... Uh, similarities um, just within that process and so being able to hear his opinion on it and, and, and compare and contrast with Adrian's I think was great and just provides uh, more fuller context about how those types of things are made which are very particular especially if we've been talking to a lot of people that are in um, films where at the start of each project you are building a visual language from scratch and you are working in this world for a, sh a relatively short amount of time and then it's over um, on these television series it's it's a it's a universe and it and it you sit down with these characters in this world week by week and um not only do you get to understand it better but if you are only coming into a show at its third season um the people that you're working with the EPs and the directors and the producers like they they really understand what this is in a a, a much deeper way a different way and then the rules that are put into place for you to follow or consider are um in a, you know, it's, it's a totally different bag. And so being able to talk with him about that is, is um, just really fascinating. And Stuart also just seemed like such a, such a nice guy, such an open book about it, and um, just really enjoyed, enjoyed chatting with him. So that's Stuart Biddlecombe. And uh, like I said, we're presented by Masters in Motion, which is a three-day filmmaking conference in Austin, Texas. Happens uh, in December every year. And people like Stuart and ASC DPs and uh, ACE editors and big-time production designers, they come down, they give presentations, and the best part is that you get to hang out with them. Um, they come out to the bar after. You can really pick their brain and uh, have, a, have a personal chat with them as well as uh, seeing the presentation. I think that's what makes it stand out. And right now, we are uh, doing a promotion since tickets are currently on sale at shooteditlearn.com. And if you uh, include AVC pod as the um, coupon offer, then you'll get 100 bucks off. It's uh, Originally, it's uh, $900 for the three days, which frankly is a great price considering the amount of, of classes that you're getting in those three days. Um, and it's $100 off with AVC pod. That's going on for the next uh, two weeks. And so uh, highly suggest that you jump on it and uh, see us down there. I'll be down there. It's a great time. Uh, we've been going for years, and I think a lot of the people uh, who continue to come back, while the, the information is great, but I just think at this point it becomes a lot of people's, um, it's a reunion of sorts. And so uh, come join the party. And so, like I said, uh, this week is with Handmaid's Tale DP, Stuart Billicombe. Thank you for being here. It's nice to, to catch you in the moment where it's still, it's still uh, you know, Handmaid's Tale is still going on. There's one more, 
Did you shoot the yeah. the finale? I think you did. If I was, if the IMDb listed it correctly. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so um, so I shot um, yeah, the last one, which is going out, I think in the US, I think on Wednesday, I think. So um, so yeah, it's exciting times. Does it come out at a different time in the UK? Is that why you're referencing like the yeah, release date? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it, it comes out. Um, I think there's about a three week delay. So at the moment we're on. Uh, I think my my previous one went out. I think last last Sunday. I think it is. Oh, cool. So, yeah. So, so there's a little bit of a delay. It's kind of cool, really, because it kind of means that I have the opportunity to kind of do two sets of P, uh, PR for myself, which is quite cool. So yeah, I'm that... going to do like a, a US one and a and a UK one. That is nice. I mean, it must be obviously. You know, I, I want to talk about Handmaid's Tale. I'm sure we'll get more yeah. in depth later. But just that we're talking about it right now, and that it's it's out right now. I mean. Um, even more so than than a film where it comes out and you know people are seeing it, but it's kind of one event. But for this, just you know, multiple episodes and that you're you know through at various points in the season and you're kind of getting to live the experience of it. it's like being a thing right now that's continually coming out um, yeah, over weeks and months. I think I think it's good. I mean, I kind of I kind of like this way of of broadcasting as opposed to binge watching where you know everything is coming out all at the same time. I think it kind of it means that, as you said, it comes it becomes like a bit of an event. Yeah. So people can you know on on Thursday morning, there's people talking about it, and I think there's much more of a buzz to it. I think you know it's perhaps a little bit more traditional. I think, but I kind of prefer this way of you know week by week as opposed to oh I do definitely binge watching all, all in one go I kind of you know I, I prefer this way of, of showing it I, yeah I mean I think the fact that HBO has stuck to their guns and not done a full like dropping a whole season on one night they make this season an event you know yeah. like for exactly yeah. for, for eight weeks that. it's I mean, a thing maybe back, back in the days of you know of um, event TV and, and I think that's kind of what, what we need nowadays you know we kind of need that you know that 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 kind of the, the buzz rather than, I mean, there's people, you know, with Stranger Things, for example, mm-hmm. I, I'm still weeks behind, but there's people who've, who've watched the whole thing and I feel kind of, you know. Well, I, you don't know I, how I, to I talk about it. it. You don't know how to talk yeah. about it because everyone, you know, there's, it's kind of nice that on Monday morning or whatever it might be after another week's episode, you can kind of enjoy yeah. that episode for a week, talk about it, ponder about what's going to happen next. I I enjoy the, the, the water cooler nature of that. Way. Exactly, exactly that. So, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 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 great that that Handmaid kind of does that, and you know, I think I think if it was you know binge watching, I don't think. Well, I, I binge watched. I had to binge watch the <laughs> the entire series of of Handmaid's Tale when um when it came out, and you know, I loved it, but my God, it was hard work. You know, to binge oh, watch it's a, a show s- like that. It's so know, heavy. <laughs> it's not. It's not meant to binge. You know, I think no. it. It you need breaks. It's not. Healthy. Um, exactly. For, that, that's the thing. I think. I think you're right. It's not healthy. Yeah. Emotionally. Remember, yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, so I was watching it with. Um, you know, I, I, I was at home when I when I was doing prep, and um, and nearly, I I came home and nearly my wife. She said, um, "Hey, what the hell's the matter with you? Why, why are you so miserable?" I mean, you're I mean, living I just in it. I watched four episodes of The Handmaid's Tale. Not because it was dep- not that it was bad, but because it's such an intense TV show. Yeah. That you can't help but be affected by it. Yeah. <laughs> when you do binge watch it, it's kind of oh my god, wow, okay, that's you know, that's hardcore, that's hard work. Yeah, no, it, it it's an emotionally draining thing when the hour is over. You know, it's funny, like my. You know, we'll watch it at the end of the night, and my wife always says, "Like we can watch Handmaid's Tale, but it can't be what we go to sleep. We can't go to sleep yeah. right after. We have to watch yeah. something light and funny after, be- even if it's like a twenty-minute yeah. show or something. Like just to, 
lighten yeah. the mood. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I lived it for seven months, so I, I completely get where you're coming from. Oh yeah, that's a whole nother level. I'm looking forward to talking that. But before we dive into it, I did want to talk about kind of like how you got to this point and how you got to be yeah. here. And I and something that I've always been interested. In, I I studied abroad in London for a little bit, and so I kind yes. of like saw the way that the National Film and Television School had such yes. a um, an important role to play, and it's something that I think is pretty unique in the sense of having a national school for that, and I know that you went there, and I was just curious what that experience was like and, and what, what it benefited you and, and how it, how it was I mean, helpful. I, I absolutely loved it. It was it's perhaps, you know, my, you know, the, the best two years of my life, I'll be honest. Oh, wow. wow. Um, you have... You kind of have such a real kind of core group of people. In my in my class, we only had five people. So you have five cinematographers. Wow! So you really have incredibly small classes, and you could be my, my tutor at the time was Brian Tafano, who shot Train Spotting, Shadow Grave, that kind of stuff. Amazing. And then exactly, I mean exactly that. And when you have him on a daily basis, and he kind of he gives over your knowledge, it's the most amazing thing. You know, you you kind of sit there and you go. My God, there's five of us here, and we're sitting here with Brian Tafano. Yeah, and he's giving us this extraordinary knowledge, which you know, how on, on on what other occasion could you ever have that? Yeah. So I loved it, and what's great about the film school is that it's because it's well known. We we get a fantastic um, people coming in, and you know, and, and giving us lectures. So we had Billy Williams, you had Roger Deakins come in, yeah. and again, you're just there going. My God, here we are, and we've got these, you know, these heroes of mine. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, I loved it. You know, I absolutely loved it. And, the, and these are contacts which, even now, you know, I graduated. My God, two thousand and two thousand four. Cross mm-hmm. the world, but, <laughs> but but you know, so, so these are kind of contacts which which have which have which have kept with me ever since my film school days. And uh, and, we, and we worked together, and we you know we we, we drink together, and you know it was. Incredibly collaborative time. So, if anyone you know wants to go to the National Film School, I say absolutely go. It's best to use my life. Yeah, and especially on that social end, I think it ends up, and it's the kind of the gift that keeps on giving. Because especially even 15 years later, maybe people are getting more into their stride and um, yeah. they're reaching even bigger heights of their career. It's like only then maybe does something even, you know, become beneficial for you and that that you know them now and that exactly, kind of thing. exactly that. I mean, you, I mean, you know as much as I do. This industry is entirely about about your, your network sure. and what, what's kind of great about the national film school is that you almost have a pre-made network yeah so you can go out and you go and you know all the time you're, you're on a job and go hey didn't you go to the national film school and you go yeah we did and you now we are everywhere i mean i know there's you know people can get a bit sniffy about film schools which i get you know i completely understand that. yeah but 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 because it's such a strong place and we are everywhere <laughs> as, as 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 alumni we are you know, in every possible corner. Well, it is strong. Industry. And I mean, it is different too. being like the national school. It's just an interesting concept that doesn't really happen here. And so, and, really? and, and it, ha- well, and it has such good output. Um, yes. You know, yeah. like the yeah. alum, the alumnus yeah. there, it's kind of, it's, it's the jump, it's the jump start for the majority of people that go. And that's just super interesting yeah. to see from, from, from where I, you know, sit. And I guess when you got yeah. out, how were you navigating things initially? And where, what were you trying to, um, what were you hoping for when you first got out and how did it start to go? <laughs> That's a very good question. I kind of, when you, when you go to, you know, I kind of say that was the best two years of my life. And then when I graduated was perhaps one of the most 
two difficult years of my life. I think I think when when I was there, I kind of thought that I would leave the film school and and go and shoot one of the Bond movies. <laughs> but of course, that that does not happen. So so the so two years after I graduated, um, I was pretty much unemployed. Mm. You know, I am um, I I was scratching around trying to trying to build up my build up my uh, my, my show reel. Yeah. Um, uh, and and it takes it takes forever, you know. It, it, there's no denying it takes a long time. So so I slowly kind of shooting music videos, commercials, um, kind of anything, short films, anything which I could just get my hands on, anything just to kind of build up a a, de- a decent show reel. And then I slowly but surely, you know, as I said before, build up your contacts, and you, yeah, I ended up working on a, you know, a, a incredibly low budget BBC soap opera, mm. which. I don't regret one of the, not in the slightest because you no, know, every job you do is is incredibly important. Yeah, uh, but it's when you then kind of build yourself up. So I kind of you know I did doctors, I did a um, TV show Casualty, and then ultimately I went my way up to doing Doctor Who, which I think is you no, know, is, is fairly big. I did Sherlock, sure, um, Call the Midwife, and, and then you know you slowly build your way up to doing um, The Handmaid's Tale, which I shot a few weeks ago. So um, yeah, so it's it's quite hierarchical, I think, in the UK. I think if you if you get in the TV world, yeah, no, I would agree. I mean. It sounds like, you know, when you give a quick synopsis of that, I'm, it seems relatively like a stable trajectory up. But I, I would imagine yeah. in reality, that's not exactly the case. I mean, was it what was that, you know, getting to the point? Were there moments in in your career where you, you were wondering if it was like going to be working out or was you kind of always kind of hitting strides? No, no. I mean, it's. I mean, incredibly hit and miss. I mean, some mm-hmm. great moments and some really kind of low moments as well. Um, mm-hmm. And only now do I feel like I am, as you said, in any kind of stride. Mm. You know, there are times, you know, even fairly recently, up until sort of five or six years ago, mm. we think, okay, is this really working for me? Mm. Uh, you know, I do have bills to pay mm-hmm. um, and I want to work. I know I want to, you know, I don't want to be sitting at home. And let's be honest, as a cinematographer, as a freelancer, there are times when you're kind of sitting at home waiting for that phone call and it's, I don't know about you, but I hate it. No, <laughs> I absolutely hate it. Yeah, I know. I need to work, and you know, sometimes I'm thinking, "Oh Christ, you know, maybe, maybe this isn't working out. Maybe, maybe I need to think about something else I'm going to do." Mm. But, 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 I, but I think it's also really important to to keep on pushing, to keep on going. You, you know, you do, you, you are good enough. You are capable. Yes. And and you you some you look back on your work and you go, actually, yeah, no, that's pretty cool. I can do it. Yeah. Um, so, so you just need to keep on remembering that, and I appreciate it that it's that it's difficult to do that. You know, you could very, you know, for me at least, it's very easy to to kind of you know have a have self doubt, and the moment that sits in, you know, you, you're kind of screwed. Yeah, but, yeah. But, it, but 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 you know, I think I think it happens to the best of us. No, totally. Um, so yeah, it's um, it, it's tricky. It really is tricky. It's, it's interesting tricky. to hear you talking about even just like five six years ago, it was in question. I I recently uh, had a chat. For an episode with Adrian Correa, who does uh, yes. he shot Glow, and yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, great. He was saying, you know, four years prior, he was legitimately debating leaving the industry and being a teacher because he was like, I yeah. just don't think see it working. And then, Absolutely. and now, yeah. you know, he's having um, an unbelievable moment, and it's it's fascinating because um, obviously, you know, I think you have these conversations with people who are not as far along in their career, and that makes sense. But then to speak with someone who has just shot Glow or um, Handmaid's Tale, it's really, I think it's such a nice thing to hear because it kind of makes it way more normal 
in a way. I, I think so. I think I think is we we are all we're all the same. You know, it's great speaking to a cinematographer and a fellow cinematographer because you don't often you don't often do it. But, yeah. But when you do, you realise that we all have the same kind of fables. We all we're all quite insecure. Mm. Or at least most of us are. Anyway, we're not all superhumans. Yeah. And every so often you think, you know, shit, am I am I am I actually good? Am I am I am I am I able to do this as a career? Mm-hmm. Um. So so I. It's, you know, I, I think it's, I, there's, there's people who I went to film school who, you know, no, to be brutally honest, they were better cinematographers than me. But, but for whatever reason, they had bills to pay, they had kids to feed. They kind of said, okay, I can't do this anymore. And that's mm. such a crying shame because they were an amazing cinematographer. Mm. But, you know, I, but, you know, you, you but, so I, I, can, I can understand it. I completely understand why people do drop out. Well, that is um, kind of funny that you put it that but, way because I do think that, you know, um, the 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 literal ability to uh, light a scene in a certain way is just one aspect in the rubric of what you know is required out of like a very high end career. Um, yeah. It's it's one yeah, it's sure. one component yeah. for sure, but it's not all of them. And it's it's you know it's fascinating that you you're viewing you were viewing your peers in that way at that time, but that you're still here, and that they, they some of them might not be. They might they might have moved on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's interesting what you talk about there. It's kind of interesting about being humble as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think it's also really important to be humble as a cinematographer. Yeah, we are very fortunate that we're doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, we are. We're, sometimes we're paid well, sometimes not so much. But we are given a budget to to make something for 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 for, for, for a network. Yeah, and that's an incredible privilege. Um, you know how, how many? How many? You know, not that I'm saying I'm an artist, but I can't think of many. You wouldn't many, consider uh, yourself that? Who, who can? Who, who is given money to, to make something? Yeah. So, so I think we are incredibly lucky. I think you need to be humble as, as a cinematographer. Mm-hmm. Anybody, I think, needs to be humble. Yeah, yeah. But um, but you know, I, I think I think, yeah, I think you know, it's sort of, it's, uh, it, it's it's an important aspect, which which I think you know, we all kind of forget now. Yeah, yeah. I, I I was looking through um you know your 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 career and your resume um trying to like you know gather gather info and gather ideas yeah. for questions and things and I I noticed that there was kind of a very um like classic and I suppose idyllic you know rise from in terms of um the the types of things you were doing from shorts to yeah. to features to to television series to better television series to like super yeah. well and it's it's interesting going on that on what i think people would consider like a classical um jump to jump how much of that yes. do you feel you were um proactively ne- um make happen or that that there was just some circumstance that 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 it was unfolding as in that way cuz on I paper think... it looks very calculated and i was curious about that yeah, and it was never particularly calculated, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, but but what, what I can do, I can trace Handmaid's Tale back all the way back to um, probably one of the first things I ever shot when, when I left film school. I really? can kind of trace the, the way in which I worked with this person, this person got me into this, mm. and this job, I then spoke to this person who got me into that. So, so although it was never particularly, um, you know, it was never a conscious thing of I need to reach this next level. I need to kind of push. I think if you are, I think if you're a good human being, if your if your work is good, mm. people will like being around you, mm. and you will naturally kind of progress. 
Um, you know, I'm not. I don't think I'm that kind of person who goes right. Next year, I'm going to be shooting Fargo. Next year, I'm going to be doing Westworld. Yeah. You know, I, I, for me, that's not necessarily the way in which I want to work. You know, mm. I'm I'm a lot more. You know, I, I will do this because because I enjoy working with these people and I would like like to spend time with. Yeah. I think that, that that's much more interesting to me. Um, you know, I, I want to have a good time. <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. I want to have a nice time with working with good people. Um, so, so I, I don't think I, I'm that hard nosed. Mm-hmm. I wish I was, but 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 I'm not. <laughs> I'm a bit kind of rubbish when it comes to that sort of thing. I just kind of follow my nose. Yeah. Um, do you? Looking back on those pivotal moments, maybe where you were going from shorts to features or features to TV, are there any in particular projects that stand out to you in reflection that were a really um, changing moment where, where things yeah. really, anything that yeah, stand out? I, I think so. I mean, each kind of show, you know, you, you, it always kind of move, moves your path over so slightly. But, mm-hmm. but there are certain ones. There's something I shot a couple of years ago, something called Hidden, which was an incredibly low budget TV show for a, for a kind of a, a Welsh language TV, um, a Welsh language channel. Um, it, it was made on a shoestring budget, but we made some beautiful stuff. Um, Gareth Brynn and I, the, 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 the director, you know, I think it's probably fair to say we, you know, we kind of maybe shot our best stuff there. Mm. Um, and although, you know, it wasn't big, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, we didn't have, you know, we couldn't get cranes out, we couldn't have big lighting rigs and all this and the other, but it was something which was really important to us. Mm. Um, and we kind of put our heart and soul into it. Um, you know, I, I got a Welsh battle for it, which, which was great, you know, real kind of nice thing. Um, and also the other good thing about it as well, it was that actual TV show in the end got me Hermes Tale as well. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so, you know, the, 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 I think there's, you know, each job really kind of, you know, always has an effect, but, but that one in particular, that really made a big change into some, where, where my career is heading. That's cool. That's great. Um, yeah. Because I, I, I would imagine... Like getting something like prior to Handmaid's Tale, that the, the largest thing was Doctor Who, right? Or do- uh, I guess so. Yeah, Doctor Who and Sherlock, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I mean, I, I guess kind of Doctor Who, given given the audience and how far it reaches, I guess so. Yeah. That yeah. being the like the from a popular standpoint, the first like yeah. the, the the biggest jump, um, was that an added layer of like nerves or anxiety because of that, or do you or yeah. Or was it like, well, I just got to keep doing my job, and my job is the same regardless of the no, fact that I, I, I don't know about you, but I get nervous on everything I do. Mm. <laughs> I absolutely brook it. Yeah, I am. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, everything. You know, I was nervous about chatting to you today. I was nervous about, <laughs> you know, about about all sorts of things. But but it's good. You know, it's just, it, you know, it, it creates a buzz. You know, which which, which kind of keeps you alive. Um, so yeah, everything I do. That, I mean, although Doctor Who is kind of, you know, it is a fairly big show, I get, I get nervous about everything. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think what we do, I think, I think you have to. I think the moment you, the moment you become so confident, I think perhaps you become blasé and perhaps you don't care. So mm. I care about, you know, every job I do. It doesn't matter. You know, if, if I accept a job, I give absolutely everything I have to get to get the very best I can. Yeah. And and and, and if that doesn't happen, I get bitterly disappointed. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, th- I think, um, yeah, I mean, Doctor Who, I mean, that was a super nervy show, just given what your, yeah. you, you know, your brief is, was that, you know, is. 
one of your first um, where you're coming into something where the le- the visual language and stuff has already been set? Or, yeah. Or, or had you experienced that prior? Um, no. I mean, I think I think often as, as a as a kind of a working DOP, you do often, especially when you come into series two or three, which was in the case of Hamlet's Tale. Yeah. You do have to kind of fit into what's already been established. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get that, you know, you, you know, you, you do kind of put your own stamp on it to a degree, but you can't throw, you know, all the signature looks out, out of the window because that's what makes the show. Yeah. And, you know, you, you're there to, to, to put in a degree of continuity. Um, something like Hermes, which is, you know, Colin and Zoe did such beautiful work. I mean, it's just stunning. Um, but you know you have to you know you have to make it as good as their work, mm. and that's very tricky in itself. But but I think there's I think what's kind of interesting for me right now is being able to if you do start a new series off, you know that, that's when you can really kind of create your own look, um, and that's kind of where where I want to go at the moment. But yeah, but yeah, but you, but yeah, you know you, you know when you when you want to kind of long running TV show, you you do have to. And with, and with, that was kind of a. Um... What was that experience like having to do that? For, was it, did you do that for the first time on Doctor Who in terms of that? Um, or was it? No, no, I think with Doctor Who, actually, because each it's pretty much each kind of show is, is its own unique world. So in actual fact, Doctor Who was quite unique in its way. Oh, that, yeah. That you could do whatever you like. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, it didn't matter. On one episode, you're on Mars. Yeah, yeah. So then, then, would then it the be, next one, you're in a forest in Norway. Would it be so, Handmaid's Tale that that happened then for the first time? Sorry, sorry, say again. Would it be Handmaid's Tale that that happened then for the first time in terms it did, of... It did, yeah, it did. I mean, there are other things I have worked on. You know, Sherlock has got a very distinct style, so you, know, you kind of fit into what's been established. Um, Call the Midwife as well. So I'm kind of used to kind of emulating other people's work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't say it's kind of, I don't necessarily, necessarily I get men, that's my best way of working, but but you have to. Yeah. You know, that that's part of our role as a cinematographer, yeah. is to kind of make make it seamless. Um, but yeah, I mean, on Hermes Tale, as I said before, it's, um, it was another, and kind of another level, given how extraordinary Colin and Zoe's work was. To try and match that was like, yeah, oh my God, how am I going to do it? But, it's um, supremely stylistic. Yeah, I, hope, I hope I did it. Yeah, I mean, because I, I just think that it, it's an interesting, because it is, you're, you're flexing different muscles when you're going from needing to create the visual mm-hmm. the visual language especially in on 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 features and things um anything that isn't you know um first year first first series for a, a television show like it you're you're building the world and that's a big part of i think the the craft aspect but then to to dive into these types of projects where that's not the thing while still i i was really interested in talking about this with adrian um as well for glow and and you too because i'm i'm fascinated by like where you're gonna Within the confines of making it feel seamless, you still have you're still, you know, kind of um, bringing your artistry to it, and that it's such a fine line. It's so yeah. it fascinates me a lot because it 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 um that that would just seem um, almost contradictory, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree. I mean, it, it is it is a very difficult thing to do, but. You are employing someone new. We we do have our own view of the world. We do we do light in different ways. We we are human beings. We're all different. So, you know, you can't you can never predict what Colin or Zoe would know. They would put their key light here. They would put maybe a little bit of fill here. You can never do that. No, it's it's almost impossible mm-hmm. without them being there. Mm-hmm. So you will inevitably put in put in your own stamp, um, be it subconsciously, 
Um, but you know, you, you know, you, as as a, as a as a you know as a human being, you will always choose a light a certain way, mm-hmm. which other which you no know, which another another person wouldn't do. I know that you, well, you know again, well, it, you know, there's an infinite way number of ways. There's a, so many ways you can light a seat. Yeah, yeah. Um, and no no two DPs will light the same. Um, so so I think that there will always be, you know, you're always told you know it needs to be in the same kind of realm, but. You know, and then to believe nothing will be because we, I am a different person. I am a different yeah. person. Yeah. Did you find that being on on sets that had been used in series past that it became that certain sets were kind of well, this is how the things are hung in here, and this is kind of how it, this this set works. Yeah, I mean, to a degree. I mean, we were quite lucky in that on series three, we we did have an entirely new set, so things were mm-hmm. slightly new. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't I hadn't seen rushes when i when i joined so i was kind of you know i the, the gaffer and i we kind of said okay this is what's kind of been done before mm-hmm. but but you know how you choose to light it is entirely entirely up to you so i must admit on handmaid's tale although we were you know this got no this is kind of the realm we need to go we we weren't given an awful lot of free reign um i, th- I think as long as it looked as long as it as long as your, your work told a story and as long as it was strong then mm-hmm. then they were happy mm-hmm. um you know, I think if you if you compare my work and Collins and Zoe's, they are all different. You know, if you look at oh, well, you know, Collins stuff, you no, know, the light's not coming through that window; it's coming through an entirely different one. Mm. So you know, it's it's it's, it's all different. And, and hopefully, as an audience, you don't necessarily notice that. Hopefully, yeah. you're more caught up in the you know the actual film itself as opposed to thinking about you know where did, where's the light coming from? Why is it all slightly different? Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, hopefully, hopefully, we achieve that. Oh, for sure you did. I mean, I think my line of questioning alone is like, so it all looks like the same in a way. Um, Good. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Mission accomplished for sure. Um, how many different directors did you work with on on the show? So, um, I worked with. Um, so yeah, the, the other thing. Um, I don't know if um, if your listeners know, but um, Colin was actually my first director. Oh wow. So um, so, so working with the Emmy nominated cinematographer of Handmaid's Tale um, as my director, and I and I had to fit his they fit into his shoes, which was. I mean, amazing. I mean, incredibly daunting. But, but you know what? Colin was great. You know, he really kind of helped me out. He really kind of um, said, okay, this is what we do. So it was great. But so I worked with Colin. I worked with Dervla Walsh. I worked with Dana, uh, Dana Reed, and I worked with uh, Mike Barker, who, mm. who, who did the um, the season finale, which is on on screen soon. So yeah, so five five directors, which was great. You know, I really, you know, it's kind of a rare opportunity. You can't work with so many directors on, on one particular show. So it was great. Yeah, I mean, and it's and it's interesting because you're, you know, on on one hand, maybe in a visual way, it's like, yeah, you need to emulate it. It really needs to feel seamless. And then, but your 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 director is is I'm sure that they have different approaches. Yeah, completely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think we, we, with Dervla and I, we really, you kind of you analyze things, you know, because we were we were out of town in in Toronto, so we we, we spent a lot of kind of weekends together, so going really kind of analyzing previous episodes. Um, and, and the rushes as well. Um, so you do kind of naturally fall into a certain way of thinking, certain way of shooting. But yeah, of course, you know, everyone, every single director has has a different way of working, and that's kind of the joy of of what we do. Mm. You know, every single day, you know, from from one day to the next, from one each director, you can be you can have completely different ways of thinking, and that's incredibly exciting. Yeah. You know, I absolutely love it. Um, but you know, one as we would like something differently, they will direct something differently as well. Hmm. Um, so, so yeah, so that whole collaborative process and that whole kind of mix 
you know, really kind of makes that bit of a roller coaster ride. But you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Was there a, a bit of a reassessment each time about how you were approaching the the bare bones aspects of the cinematography with them, or was it was it that kind of rock steady? It was fairly rock steady. I mean, there, there were a couple of episodes just purely because of the script. You know, I mean, it could be, you know, we went to DC and that, that had a certain look to it. There's there's one particular episode, um, Heroic, which was pretty much... I wanted to talk about that route. episode in, in, in particular. Out yeah, of, out exactly. Of the yeah. I mean, kind of when you read that script, you can think, oh my gosh, well, how, how, what can I do? You know, how can I you know, kind of make this an interesting an interesting thing to watch. I know it's all very, you know, very white, very sterile. Um, so, so you, so although that is, you know, that's still the Handmaid's Tale, but it's completely, completely unique, completely unlike any other episode which is out there. I mean, and that's all to do with the writing, really. I mean, you know, that is incredibly exciting that one day you could be shooting on the, in DC with, with a thousand Handmaids, and then the next day you're in, yeah. you're in causing, a little tiny causing quite ten a... foot by ten foot causing quite a stir just like i mean that that side alone uh in today's times is uh powerful yeah <laughs> fact- yeah absolutely i mean that, that's one of the things that drew me to this show just kind of how how relevant it is today totally um you know i mean and to be shooting it on in in uh in dc you know as an englishman i, I felt incredibly privileged to be there you know it was um it was quite something yeah yeah uh, speaking on on heroic i i because of how unique that one show, that one episode is, mm. did that provide then more leverage to you for what you were going to create in there? Because you weren't as bound as much because it's new, it's new visual language. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess to a point. I mean, you, it, it was all very new to us, but um, but given given how the script was, you know, we, we it was very much stipulated that this was a very much a, a sterile world. So. So yeah, you know, you you did kind of throw off the shackles in one degree in that you could make it very much unlike uh, Maze Tell, but then at the same time, it's also incredibly restricting as well because you know it's all in one room, you know, there's a couple of lighting changes, a couple of day, a couple of night, but you know that's pretty much it. So so yeah, it was kind of a, an unusual one, to say the least. As you were going through it, were you noticing like um, maybe certain things? were working other things weren't in terms of helping it helping break it up and helping keep the room interesting were there were there were there lessons along the production way yeah yeah there were i mean we, we did very consciously decide to shoot it in a very kind of very square way you know very symmetrical mm. um we kept on going back to a certain angle all the time and we did that to to reflect june's state of mind mm-hmm. you know, this repetitiveness and so it was all Every choice you make as a cinematographer, you know, there should be a reason behind it. Um, and every every shot you do, you know, it's there purely to advance the story. And and I think with that, with heroic in particular, you know, we did keep on coming back to this, you know, the, the repetitiveness, you know, the kind of the, yeah. the sterile, the very square, because because that's what we want to portray at the script. You know, we, we have to we're there to to tell a story with, with our images. And if you do that by by doing you know, incredible beautiful lush photography but if the script doesn't require that then then i think you're doing something wrong so mm-hmm. so heroic was very consciously made to be very tight as 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 in quite claustrophobic you know i think i think you know these were very conscious decisions yeah i mean because I, I think it is a, it is a great 
show, you know, shows that do or, or films that have this in it end up being great case studies, especially for a lot of people that are earlier on in their career and they're in like maybe indie worlds and like, you know, not necessarily the story, but just budget and practicality is forcing you to do a lot of things in a single room. And I think it's a great example of how to how to deal yeah. with it. You know. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I mean, I think I think shooting low budget stuff, you know, does force you to be creative in other in, in other ways. You know, I, I cut my teeth on low budget stuff, as I'm sure many many other people did, mm-hmm. and and it forces you to, you know, think in different ways. You know, um, it forces you to, to light in different ways. You know, you, I think your your choice of shots, your choice of lighting is still the same, but how you go about it perhaps is slightly different. Um, on Paramount's tale of if you wanted a crane, you know, you wanted a technical crane, yeah, of course it's on, you know, it's on the back of the truck pretty much all the time. But on lower budget stuff like Hidden, for example, if you wanted a high angle shot, how do we do it? You know, we um, we get a scaff tower and we stick a slider on top. Yeah. You know, it's very low budget, but pretty, you know, pretty much, you know, it's still pretty similar. Um, so I think I think budget stuff, you know, is, is a real kind of interesting one. You know, I love it when you're kind of told no sometimes. Yeah, okay. Okay, well, how can I how can I do that? How can I tell this story in another way yeah. rather than just go, okay, yeah, technocrane or whatever. You know, it's it's kind of, you know, I, I kind of find that interesting. I'm much more, you know, I think probably liberating is the wrong word, but a much more involved way of of working. I think it forces you to really think, and like oh, really, it forces you to really think. It forces you to really like analyze what the. Um, what 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 the nature of the thing is that you're making? Because well, yeah, it's like well, if I'm being if I'm up against something that I don't I don't know how to deal with, I then have to really think about well, how do I maintain what this is? And then that exactly. makes you wonder well, what is this? And then like you get you get deeper into I think the mechanics of your own piece. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, I I think we know on hybrid stuff, you very quickly fall into you know what what bit of kit can you know can get us out, what can can get us this nice shot. Whereas I think on lower budget stuff, you know, you have to, you know, you have to think long and hard about, okay, well, if, I'm, if this is going to cost us a few thousand pounds, you know, that's going to, that's going to screw me for, for something else. So, you know, what can I do to kind of, you know, to, to leave it at? Um, and, you know, I, I think it's a good creative way and, you know, we all do it at some point. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I also wanted to talk about um, episode 10. Um, yes. And because that's obviously a more a more uh, standard type of episode in terms of the um, the locations and camera movement and everything like that. And I was just yeah. curious, too, like because it, it opens on there are some I think Hemi Cell has very unique um, symmetrical bird's eye shots every now and yeah. then. And I'm curious for those types of things. Is that written in the script and everyone knows that that's what's happening or are there moments where like you get to propose what if we do a bird's eye shot for this entrance type thing is it is it that type of communication yeah very much so i mean the the, the scripts are you know they're, they're beautifully written but, but they are never that descriptive Interesting. and we are never told that okay this is at uh, this point here we have a high angle shot of mm. of june walking walking into the um walking to the household um we they are very much a signature style of, of the show um they, I, I think a rule of mine is you, do, you never really do a shot just because it's cool. You, know, you, should, you should always do a shot because it's progressing the story. Yeah. So although these high angle shots, you know, they, they, they do look beautiful, but each one has always got a, a reason behind it. You know, um, you know and, and it's very important to hold on to that. So, so you kind of you go through the script and then you sit down with with, with whatever director you know the director you have. And you go, okay, this is, this is, you know, what would be a beautiful part here. Or perhaps, particularly with Mike as well, you know, he goes, you know, he's fantastic. He, 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 he goes off-piste. 
he, he could be what can be like a one line in a script all of a sudden becomes you know a, 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 you know a day shoot because mm. he goes you know what would be great here is that we know we can really elevate um, the world of of Gilead um, by using this this you know, this shot that shot and you, you can really create and kind of create a new world so so you know so the, the, the scripts were very much although we know we had to stick to them but they were kind of like a you know a, a framework and um, you know we, we could kind of go off when it where, wherever we wanted to and you know I think those kind of high angle shots were a good kind of signature sort of uh, you know a good signature um, uh, look of the show I think. yeah I mean speaking of the signature look just like you know the way of the 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 key light coming from that that sunlight pouring in and 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 like th that yeah, type of stuff. I mean, yeah. it's so it's so gorgeous. I don't even know if I have a question related to it. It's just so, it they they have such a distinct style that I think that it's like as long as you're hitting on that, you're gonna match up in a way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, Colin kind of started that off in in season one. Um, you know, putting putting a mole beam through 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 a, through a window with a little bit of little bit of trace and put a little bit of smoke in. And you know, and it looks gorgeous. Yeah, you know, it really does. And you know, there's a reason why he, he won an Emmy because because his work <laughs> looks incredible. And you know, of course, and that, that then just become the style. And you know, it's you know, it's uh, one of the uh, the phrases on set was it's always sunny. It's always sunny in Gilead <laughs> <laughs> because you always had this beautiful, you know, sunlight beams coming in. And yeah, was it justified? Um, sometimes, sometimes not. But um, but you know, it, it was it was good fun, and it, you know, it's, it's beautiful, and and often it did kind of you know become the signature style, and did help with the story. So it's um, you know, it's uh, I, I make no apologies apologies about putting no it no. I mean, it's super. It, you know, it's elevated, and it happens at at a frequency that it does make. I mean, I've always thought about it in terms of like the enveloping symbolism of like it's like light trying to get into their houses yeah. and it's not it's not really achieving that but it's like you know the freedom that's on the outside and they're confined within these walls uh, absolutely absolutely i mean i mean you no know, june is is you know, she's imprisoned in, in in these places yeah and um, the sunlight is just you know is literally just a stone throw away and she, and she never quite reaches it yeah and then when she does go outside you know it's, it's cloudy it's miserable yeah you know, so i think it's a really kind of really interesting metaphor whether you know whether whether we do that subconsciously or not, I don't know. But mm. you know, I, I, I think it's a really kind of interesting idea. You know, it's um, that, that that's it's always just out of reach. Um, but then the sunshine it never quite penetrates exactly where you want. Yeah, to I mean, because it's fascinating. Because I think I'm I see so much uh, symbolic examples throughout that I'm thinking they must be talking about that on set, or is it not as prescriptive in that way that it's just well i'm i'm am i projecting what i'm seeing onto that a lot of the time yeah i mean i, I think i think to a degree i think it's probably perhaps a mix i mean with derva and i we, we really did go to town and also colin as well in fact you know what all of them really mm -hmm. you, know, you, you know you really kind of talked about you know, what shots can we do mm -hmm. to symbolize um june's journey through um through gilead um for example in um in in, in the dc episode and we did some top shots of um, where she's waiting to meet the Swiss, um, and it's, it's laid out in almost like a beautiful kind of um, a chessboard, you know. And that's a great metaphor of her kind of playing a game with with Gilead. Um, there's another one where we've got some umbrellas, black umbrellas, walking left to right through our frame, and there's a singular red umbrella which drops down through frame, you know. And that was kind of really good, you know. 
we completely designed that shot. You know, we was during prep. You know, we came. This is the story we want to tell here. This is this is June. This is Lizzie's character. You know, cutting through the you know, the, the, the governmental regime of Gilead. Here. Mm. So, so yeah, they, they, they probably were very much described and very much thought about. But sometimes, you know, you know as well on set, things things can be incredibly spontaneous. I mean, you go, you know what? Do you, let, let let's put instead sort of making a soft light through here. Let's let's make let's put a mole beam on it. Let's really kind of emphasize this kind of this this sunlight coming through. So it's, it, I think there's a mixture, you know, there's a mixture of, of, of really kind of thought, thought out what you're going to do. Um, and then other times where it's a little bit more spontaneous. Yeah. It's cool that there's um, a certain level of spontaneity that's allowed on that set. Cause it, it does feel like it's um, that the script can be, it, it would seem like it's so exacting because of like the beats that it needs to hit and the stories that it's trying to tell. And like the words just seem so, perfectly chosen as does the placement and blocking because it seems like just dripping in in symbolism and metaphor and that that can't happen by like happenstance but yet it's cool that there is still a level of um spontaneity that's allowed that's such a hard yeah that's so hard yeah i mean i I, th- I think we were incredibly lucky i think i think i think i think the 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 key to that is that the fact that lizzie elizabeth moss is the executive producer um, so at any point oh. she we, she can go, okay, this isn't working. What what can we do to make this work? And so instead of perhaps you do on other TV shows, you would perhaps go to executive producer. She literally has the authority. So you can exactly. We can do it there and there. She can go. You know what? We're going to do this. Mm. So I think we were incredibly lucky yeah. in this situation where we could just be incredibly spontaneous, and and she encouraged it. That's got to yeah, make she, for such a nice I, I vibe. On, on one of the first meetings we had over Skype call, she said, it's almost like a student film, the way that we shoot things. You know, things are very spontaneous, spontaneous things, things move very quickly. Mm. You know, sometimes we don't rehearse, sometimes we put the camera on the shoulder and we just go for it. And I think that kind of, that comes across in, 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 in what you see. Um, so I think it's quite unusual, I think. I mean, not that I've worked in, you know, on massive stuff, but uh, from what I can tell, it, you know, it is quite unusual, I think, for for, the, for a show of this size. Yeah, that's it's fascinating. I mean, it I'm, it it's almost surprising that that type of autonomy is not given more, given the results that it can get. But yeah, it's interesting that it's a there's a political reason behind it. And, yeah, yeah, and and, and uh, ultimately, Lizzie is amazing. She she is the most extraordinary person. You know, you, you just need to put a, you know a lens in front of her, and she. You know, she performs, you know, you, you can just, you know, your, your heart can be in your mouth, you know, and, and tears from your eyes. She, she's amazing. And, you know, you can get away with, you know, I always want my license to be to be, you know, to be great. But but then when once Lizzie's put in front of that camera, you go, you know what, it doesn't matter because her performances kind of elevate everything. So, yeah. you know, she, she, she was amazing. She, she's, she's a real force. And, um, you know, this show wouldn't be half of what it is without. Oh, my God. No, it's her. The show is her. I mean, yes, exactly, exactly that, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's really cool to hear. And I, I guess I was, I was also curious about, especially I think that you know the theme here being that because it is this show that has so many moving pieces and so many different people um, as a part of it, that what type of role you have in the color in the post process in color, and like is that even something that you are brought in on, or is it kind of a machine and it's not? How it's done. I, th- I think to, to a degree. So, so Colin and Ben are, are DIT. Um, 
they'd already set up some very distinct looks. Yeah. So, so I kind of came, just to give you kind of a background, I came in on episode five. So I kind of came in a third, a quarter of the way through. So things had already been established. Um, so, so yeah, so they'd already created a, a look, you know, a Lutz for day interior, another Lutz for night exterior, all that kind of stuff. Which, which when you get into the grade, you know, it, it is applied. And in all honesty, Ben, Ben is... is He's he's an absolute genius, mm-hmm. um, and you, you're ninety percent there. Um, you then have Bill, who's you know our, our fantastic colorist, and between between the three of us, you know we, we kind of make something which kind of fits fits all things. And you know it's you know do I have much of an input? Yeah, I mean no, of course you know you know I always put it as someone talk of a, as as head of department. Of course you know, it, you know I am you know it does stop with me. But with those two guys, you know because they know the show so well and because they are so incredibly talented. Yeah. You know, if, if I wasn't there, would would uh, would it still be just as good? Yeah, probably. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting because I I, ha- I thought it was really fascinating talking to Adrian about Glow because he was doing it with another based off of what the cinematographer had done last season and that he was like my approach in terms of how I get to the final result was essentially inverted where he he really likes a fat negative and that the, um, the guy prior was pretty much like squishing it all down at the bottom so that when you, when you, when you, when you lifted it back up, it had some interesting texture to it. And, but they were still, they were both creating at the end, what was a cohesive look. Did you find that, was there ever, ever a discussion about that kind of thing between the cinematographers or with the post process about how they preferred your like pipeline behaved? Um, I, th- I think because, again because because it's already been established. Um, yeah. In all honesty, there, there, there wasn't. Mm. Um, you know, Ben, Ben and Colin, from 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 day one back in series one, they had a very distinct look. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and for me to to, to push out of the window and and they gave us something very different, I think would be wrong. Um, well, I, I so, guess I mean so, so, not so, so not a distinct difference. Yeah, yeah, not a distinct difference. Um, the yes. end result was the same. It was just that, like it was. I found it interesting that there was a different way of going about it, and that was accepted. I just thought that. Yeah, was... yeah, I, I think so. I mean, we're, we're all very different in, in what we do, and and, and the, the different processes in which which I which I go through will be very different to Colin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, but 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 ultimately the, the destination is still the same. Mm-hmm. Um, through through speaking with Ben, speaking with Bill, mm-hmm. you know, you still have. You know, the, 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 the language is still the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but ultimately, as I said, it's all, it's all pretty much up. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully it all, all seems. Um, so you've been doing television for a, a while now. Do, is there, do you prefer to stay in this genre? Or are you hoping to shoot features um, again? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, th- I, think, I think we're going through really good. You know, and it's all kind of, you know, you've heard it before, but it is definitely a golden age of TV right now. Mm-hmm. There's, um, there's so much being made. Um, both in the US and the UK, um, that that yeah, I mean, I, I think I'll always work in TV. Mm. Um, in all honesty, if it's a good script, I'll shoot it. Right. Uh, and if, and if, if it's with, with with people I can connect with, uh, if, if I can connect with a the script, then then I will shoot it. Um, for me to go, yeah, I, I want to do features. I, I think isn't 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 necessarily isn't isn't high up on my, on my radar. It's um, you know, I, I want to. I want to create pieces of work which an audiences find engaging, mm-hmm. um, and be, be that TV or be that features. Um, I don't mind. Um, you know, I, I think 
I think what's prime importance of, of to me is is story. Yeah, um, you know, I, I really couldn't care less what what what, what medium it ultimately finds out and it ultimately mm-hmm. comes out. What do you think's drawing you to TV primarily? Sorry, say, say again. Sorry. What do you think's drawing you to TV primarily, apart um, from from other ways that you could be filming things? I don't know. I mean, I think it's maybe just because it's the, you know, how much just just the, the whole scope of TV right now. Um, you know, there's period dramas being made. There's, you know, Black Mirror. There's, you know, there's such a broad range of TV, such a broad range of it could be genres anything. which are currently being made. And then for me, you know, I could be you know, one day shooting uh, Handmaid's Tale, and the next day, you know, you're shooting a comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what's kind of really appealing to me right mm-hmm. now as a, as, as a TV cinematographer is that you are brought on to such a broad spectrum of of tv shows um that that right now that's kind of you know incredibly exciting for me so so right now you know i, I think tv is way to go but saying that if you know if, if a feature script fell on my on my desk tomorrow and um, a good bunch of people and it was a beauty then you know i'd bite their hands off right <laughs> and the, um in terms of where are you thinking, I guess you were saying that you hadn't been thinking about this prior, um, now that you're in a place where you were saying that you feel a bit more um, in a stride, and, and are you thinking about where things will go, or is it more just waiting to see what kind of comes across? Like in terms of the charting um, of, of a course in yeah, maybe the next five years? I, I think it's, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Like the charting of a course in maybe the next five years, like what kind of thoughts happen for that? Yeah, I mean, again, I think I, as I, I touched on briefly um, earlier, it's... Um, I, I don't really have a you know a, a roadmap of, of where I want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there, there are certain things I do, I do want to work on, um, but you know I, 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 so many things are coming my way right now. I feel very lucky. But if 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 the if the script is right, mm-hmm. if, they, if if I get on well with the director, if, if they if we have a real you know that our, our lines of communication are very strong, then then then, then for me they, those are the kind of things where which I want to pursue. Um, you know, I, I, I want to make good stuff, and and, I, and for me to go, but it's going to be Black Mirror, or it's going to be this, that, and the other. I, I think it'd be wrong for me to do. Mm. You know, I, I think I you know I, I'm much more kind of flexible in that way, and I will just kind of go wherever, wherever you know, my my agent takes me, and whatever it kind of lands on my desk. I, I, I think for me that's kind of a bit more interesting to know, to not know what's around the corner. I think, I think that's what makes makes our job very exciting. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Well, I think I think that's a that's a great sentiment to uh, to close on. I um I really appreciate the opportunity to to, to chat and to pick your brain about him. I've been enjoying watching the season before um, I knew that we were going to speak, so it was just yeah. super cool. I was like, wow! Like the thing I've been like having questions about myself just watching. It's it's been great that I could actually uh, pick your brain about great. it and and, and, and well, hear well, about well, it. You know, I'm, I'm glad to like you know glad you like it, especially you know as, as a fellow cinematographer. Cinematographer, it's always great to know. Uh, you know that uh, your work is appreciated so um, so thank you very much for inviting me along oh absolutely absolutely very much appreciated thanks <laughs>